Hey, this is R Dub from Sunday Night Slow Jams, and you're listening to hashtag Dad Swag, the swaggiest place on earth for all fathers and father figures alike. And now, here's your host, my brother, JC. Hey yo, what is blessed, what is good? You know, by now I shouldn't need an introduction. I shouldn't need one. But just in case this is your first time tuning in, I'm your host JC and this is the Hashtag Dad Podcast. And as always, I am so happy, I am so blessed, I am so privileged to be here with you today. You know, life is crazy, man. Life throws us curveballs seen and unseen, expected and unexpected. And as of late, for me personally at least, as of late, it's been... Um, there's been quite a few challenges and obstacles for me to record, but I'm not going to let that stop us. I'm not going to let that stop the progress we've made. I'm not going to let that stop uh, the relationships we've built. And I'm sure not going to let that stop the mission we're on. And just in case you forgot, that mission is to change the perception of fathers and father figures by changing the narrative of fatherhood. So with that, we back Friday, September 14th. Coming off of a Raiders win, one and zero, oh, the Broncos lost, the Niners lost. It is a good week, but I am impatient waiting for Monday Night Football, and that actually leads me into my topic of today: patience, fathering patience. So, church, if you have your Bibles with you today, turn to First Corinthians thirteen, verse four through eight totally joking unless you have your bible that's dope but you don't need your bible for this this verse is commonly known as the meaning of love and more commonly associated with a wedding ceremony or a wedding setting this particular verse has been used so many times in that setting by so many people that some people think it's a bit cliche now and they wouldn't be wrong not because the bible is cliche i did not say that But just like the word love, this verse has been oversaturated with misunderstanding. It's like a uh, love is now like a get out of jail free card. You do something wrong. Oh, I love you. And all is supposed to be forgiven. Right. In in a wedding ceremony, you don't write your vows or um, you need something nice to say. This is like number one go to verse. And I say oversaturated and misunderstood because if you look at where it's being used, how it's being used, and who's using it, then you'll see that it's no longer a wedding declaration. It's nothing more than a wedding decoration, and it's lost its value. And if you don't believe me, look at how many times this verse has been used, and then look at the rate of divorce in the U.S., But y'all not ready for that conversation, so we're not going to have it right now. So let's take the verse out of the box of wedding setting and apply it to parenting and fatherhood. So when it comes to me personally in my own personal dad swag journey, when it comes to my kids, man, I love them. I love them unwaveringly. 
if that's a word, and unconditionally. But hold up, wait a minute, let me put some real in it. We are way past the you're too cute to be mad at stages. You see, I have a 10-year-old and a 2-year-old. I have a 10-year-old and a 2-year-old who thinks he's 10 years old. And look, when my babies are angels, man, when they're loving on each other, they're sitting down, they're quiet, or they're playing nicely. Oh my God, I love them so much. I love them so, so much. Like, I just love to look at them. I love to observe them. But when they get to acting like multiracial Chucky dolls, oh, just like their age 10 and 2, they become a 10 and 2 trigger, y'all. Now, look, Bernie Mac said it the best. Y'all sitting there when I said, oh, I have a 10-year-old and a 2-year-old. Some of you guys went, oh, come help me babysit these kids sometimes. And what I mean by a 10 and 2 trigger, y'all, is... When they get to acting like gremlins, I feel like, just like their ages, I lose my mind every 10 minutes in a two-hour span. Get down from there. Get out of there. Get in here. Stop hitting each other. Don't lick your brother. Don't bite him. What the hell? What would possess you? to put something like that in your mouth just to name a few i'm about to lose my mind commands in my household and then sometimes it gets so crazy that you sit there in stuck mode you know stuck mode where you literally have world war three and every natural disaster happening around you in your house and you're stuck like You've reached a parenting level we call numb to it. I mean, if you don't know what I'm talking about, are you even a dad, bro? Like, can you call yourself a parent? If you don't know this feeling of stuck mode, you need to question if you are a parent. But real talk, man, as fathers and as parents, more than we care to admit, we lose our absolute minds absolute minds and this is normal and it's understandable it's how we deal with it and address the situation that determine if it's respectable if you need examples of the wrong way to deal with it go back to last week's episode but we're not going there this week so why did i bring up first corinthians 13 4 through 8 and how does it apply to this how does it tie into this well let me tell you Because out of everything, God could say love is first. He says love is patient. And then follows it up with love is kind. Out of all the things he could have said first, he calls out my number one struggle in life, period. And then has the nerve to call out my action or my reaction by telling me love is kind so remember i said this verse has been put in a box with the wedding setting and then been oversaturated by wedding ceremonies and misunderstanding god didn't say marriage is patient marriage is kind 
He said, love is patient and love is kind. I would assume that you never to rarely ever hear this verse in regards to anything else, especially when it comes to parenting and fatherhood. Here's another way to understand the importance of patience in your fatherhood journey. Impatience leads to impractical. And sometimes impractical leads to irrational. For example, screaming. Oh, I I cannot stand screaming. I'm going to say this to you like I'm having my two-year-old repeat it to me. I cannot stand screaming. I assume when I'm old and gray and I become a grandparent, I'm going to be the cool grandpa, but I'm also going to be the grandpa that's like, boy, stop all that screaming in my house now. And I look forward to that and I don't mind it because I cannot stand screaming. And my kids, my kids screaming is like a secret weapon or superpower because they will make your ears bleed. Like if they're screaming next to you, it feels like your eardrums have built in bass and your eardrums rattle, which makes your brain rattle and it makes you cringe. Don't believe me? Ask my wife. If you don't believe her, ask another family member. Matter of fact, go ask my neighbors. Good Lord, I can't stand screaming. But when they start screaming, I try to give them the opportunity to be quiet before I lose my entire mind. So here is an example of being impatient and practical and irrational all in one scenario. This is a true scenario too, by the way. My kids scream, I'm quiet, but silently I'm starting to boil already. Kids keep screaming. Hey, stop screaming like that. Still boiling. Kids still screaming. Now. Now, I'm screaming at them for screaming, telling them to stop screaming while doing the very thing I'm telling them to stop doing. And I don't care if that confused you because it made sense to me. And to tell you the truth, my actions probably confuse my kids too but it makes sense to me yeah in the moment it's logical at least it's logical to me be the louder voice enforce the dominance and they'll listen but I'm realizing more and more that this is counterproductive I'm realizing more and more that this is nothing but a temporary fix because now my kids feel like in order to be effective In order to get my attention, they need to raise their voices, just like daddy. And let me tell you something. In a previous episode, I mentioned that your kids will eventually tell you about yourself, right? And when I had recorded that episode, I hadn't experienced that yet. Oh, but I put my foot in my mouth and I jinxed myself because my kids now... If I say something and then I hear them say it and I'll tell them, hey, don't say that. My two year old, especially, he'll look at me and say, but daddy said those bad words or but daddy said that. And, you know, when he said that, I never felt so molded. (laughs) I never felt so convicted in my life. 
I couldn't do anything. I was jaw dropped. I looked at him and I just had to acknowledge that he was right and I was wrong because I refused to be the do as I say, not as I do parent. My wife and I both, we refused to be those parents. So I just had to acknowledge it and say, you're right. And daddy shouldn't say that. And then I had to work on it. Just like a summer body or a wedding body, you can work hard for it. You can work hard for the moment. But if you don't make the lifestyle change, then it's nothing more than a temporary fix. Me yelling to counter my kids yelling is a temporary fix. So it means I have to make a lifestyle change. And that for me starts with working on my patience. So let's look at some ways to do that. First, you have to understand that not just as parents, but as human beings, we all have limits to how much we can or we're willing to tolerate. This doesn't make us bad parents. This doesn't make us bad spouses or bad people. It makes us normal. It makes us human. So the first thing we have to do to work on our patients is identify our triggers. And yes, I'm speaking from a parenting standpoint, but please don't limit these exercises to parenting. Understand that these exercises can be applied to any form of relationship. Now, earlier, I said my kids are 10 and 2 triggers. But the fact is, they are the triggers to my trigger. Screaming. When screaming begins, I want to pull my hair out. When I identify this, I want to be as specific and precise as possible. And just to be clear, this isn't all the time. This isn't an everyday occurrence or anything like that. This podcast is all about self-growth and self-realization. So in the times that I can't deal, I realize being able to recognize when, where, and who have helped me to get down to the true what. For example, the when for me is in the morning. It's worse for me in the morning. The where is in the house. The who is anyone in my house. But in this particular case, I use my sons, my boys. The crazy part is I absolutely love when my boys are outside screaming and having fun and yelling at the top of their lungs. It's like music to my ears. But when it's inside, that's when I'm the most irritated and I'm the most impatient. And that's important to realize because with that, you realize it's not a matter of who. It's a matter of what. And the what is screaming in the house is a huge pet peeve of mine but because it's my sons they get the backlash of my irritation and my stress now here's the hardest part of the process the second part is going to take some self-realization the part that will determine if you're really ready for a lifestyle change the part where you're not gonna like yourself too much This is the part where you observe yourself. You see, impatience is just another form of selfishness. But if we are willing to do the hard work and analyze ourselves and be just as judgmental about us as we are our victims, that's when you'll know you're ready to really take the first step from selfish to selfless. 
Now the next step is simple, but it's really not. After analyzing yourself, now it's time to make a plan. Here's a side note or a piece of relationship advice or marriage advice. If you want to test your marriage or strengthen it, tell your spouse or your partner your plan. Or better yet, come up with a plan of action together. I'm sure both of you suffer from the same thing, be it together or separately, especially if you guys are having impatience amongst each other. This can be your opportunity to be each other's accountability partners. Express your frustrations, voice your concerns, and form a plan of action together. A personal experience for me is my wife and I made a plan to keep each other accountable on phone time. You know, if she sees me um, on my phone for too long or, you know, throughout the day, if I'm not being present or engaging, she'll call me out on it and I'll do the same for her. But here's where my impatience and selfishness kick in. Sometimes I fight her on it. Sometimes I'd be like, I ain't even been on the phone that long or I'm playing a game or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting the podcast or something like that. And when I call her out on it, sometimes she'll fight me on it, too. So if you're that person like her or I that fights the accountability, I just say, please see the previous steps and repeat as needed. And I say repeat as needed because you're not perfect. I'm sorry to tell you, but you're not perfect. And neither am I. And I'm the first to tell you that. So you can make a plan. You can do the steps, but eventually you're going to fail. Listen, man, the objective isn't to be perfect and it isn't to stop failing because that's never going to happen. That's impossible. It's to recognize it and correct it and stay consistent in your progression. You know, I'm preparing for this episode and doing some research and looking online and um, trying to find um, proofs and facts, etc., I found a study from Oregon State University, and they found that children who had parents who monitor their behavior were consistent with the rules and were warm and affectionate were more likely to have close relationships with their peers and and engage more in school and um, have better self-esteem. And here's another thing that I've come to understand while doing the research for this podcast. Your child just wants to be seen and hurt we all do right but your child especially they just want to be seen and heard when we demonstrate patience we are also sending them the message that he she or they are valued and validated and that again that doesn't just go for parenting this goes for relationships but when we lose patience when i lose my patience i know that i can physically see that i am creating stress and frustration just as we see in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, love has so many characteristics. But so does patience. You know, when we show patience, we show respect, empathy, security, and good self esteem. And to be honest, another verse that just came to mind, another verse um, that seems a bit cliche nowadays is. Patience is a virtue like that's completely lost its its value because it's oversaturated with misunderstanding. Right. We only use it when it fits the narrative we want it to fit. Again, 
in society, it just becomes something cute to say. But in parenting and relationships, patience is a virtue. By being a conscious parent and or partner, I can acknowledge and be proactive instead of reactive with my behavior and impatience. This way, my actions are more intentional and not emotional. I can be more present for my boys when they need me. Normally when it comes to stress, we're never just stressed out about one thing, right? Normally with stress, it's an accumulation of built up issues. So by doing these exercises, we learn to not project our inner stress on our children or spouses or partners. With these exercises, we learn to choose our behavior rather than fall victim of it and force people to be subject to it, which overall shows our children what it is to be a proactive and healthy adult. So here it is. The first time you'll ever hear this verse, at least for me, in a setting other than a wedding. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. So that's it, man. That's all I got for this week. And with that, though, I want to tell you guys, if you're listening, you're not listening, man. I love y'all and I appreciate y'all. And I've provided some IG handles down below of other dad pages so you can build your community that I know will feel the same way that I do. Who will look to love on you, empower you, and uplift you. Always remember, iron sharpens iron. So until next time, love and blessings to you and yours from me and mine.